Hello, world. Welcome back to Golf Subpar with Colt Nost and Drew Stoltz. The 2023 PGA Tour season is in the books. Victor Hovland, my goodness gracious, what a couple weeks for him. Winning the $18 million prize, the largest prize in golf. He is your FedEx Cup champion. He'll be over in Rome, as will Weasley's. He'll be representing Team Europe. We're, we're, we're in the red, white, and blue, which, by the way, you're at Pine Valley right now. Very Oof. polo place. You look great getting ready to go out there and tee it up. Thank um, you. How's Pine Valley treating you? We just arrived, dude, and I got like uh, I got that excitement like a little kid when you just want to get out on the golf course. You know, this is this place is special, as you know, my favorite place uh, in the world to play golf. So we got a few days here. We're doing a cool little father son trip with some some guys from back home, and uh, we're gonna get in as much golf as humanly possible. We might have a little rain on Tuesday, but uh, I don't care if it ain't lightning on my head. Uh, I'm playing maximum holes allowable out here, so very much looking forward to it. A little rusty, but uh, you know, you get, when you show up on property, dude, just like the lights come on, you gotta go. Place is the best. I'm very jealous. It's still hotter than hell in Scottsdale. Oh. Um, you haven't you haven't missed anything. But obviously, we're filming this right now. This time tomorrow, when it comes out. A lot of you, by the time you wake up and listen to it, we're going to know who are the final six picks for Team USA and who's going to be rocking the polo Ralph Lauren gear over in Rome. Who is going to have that honor? And Ralph Lauren is proud to continue its partnership with the PGA of America as the official outfitter of the 2023 United States Ryder Cup team. Combining the rich heritage of the greatest team event in golf with innovative performance fabrics, Ralph Lauren will provide the U.S. team with apparel to be worn during the tournament play at the 44th Ryder Cup, which will be contested at Marco Simone Golf and Country Club in Rome, Italy, from September 29 to October 1st. Ralph Lauren will also outfit all caddies, spouses, and partners of the U.S. team, including Ralph Lauren Golf Ambassadors, U.S. Team Captain Zach Johnson, and Vice Captain Davis Love III. The RLX Golf Collection is available in select Ralph Lauren stores, exclusive private clubs and resorts, and online at ralphlauren.com. Go get yourself some red, white, and blue, because it is time. I tell you what, I cannot wait for this. This thing mm. keeps getting more and more interesting. Sleaze, we're gambling, guys. At the start of the season, Team USA was over a minus 300 favorite to win the Ryder Cup to break the 30-year streak. It's down to minus 135 over with our friends at FanDuel. That's it's insane how much it's changed. It's insane how much it's changed. After whistling straights, dude, I mean, you and I were up there. We came back and talked about it. We're like, what's going to change? I mean, I know some things will change in the next two years, but tell me what's going to happen to this core of U.S. players uh, that Europe can put a team out there that could possibly beat them. And now you fast forward two years later, and sure enough, they got a team that, that could potentially do it. That's reflected in the line. But, I mean, Colt, like I've always said, they're, they're – top of their team is stacked as well as our team is too i think we have an advantage on the depth side uh and but you don't play you know you only try get eight guys out there for each session but right now if you look at their top six I, I don't know how big the u.s advantage is given the way some of those guys are playing on europe right now if any they might have the advantage on the top side they got a dolly parton squad they're top heavy yeah you can't sleep on their stomachs Got it. <laughs> or that too. <laughs> but yeah, man, they're loaded. They're I mean, this Ludwig Aberg just played really well last week. I, I'm very confident he's going to be on that team. Um, you got one of the Hoy guards. Uh, they're twins, so just pick one of them, whichever one's playing the best at the time. Throw him in there. Uh, but yeah, it's it's going to get interesting. Obviously, the golf course is going to be set up really well for them. They're going to make it tough. Imagine deep, rough, narrow fairways. Uh, but Captain Zach Johnson, he's got a tough decision to make. Uh, there's rumors going around. It's already kind of been leaked that he's got his mind made up on five of the six guys. When this comes out tomorrow, you'll know if we're right or not, but I'm hearing Jordan Spieth, 
Brooks Kepka, Colin Morikawa, Ricky Fowler, and, 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 roll tide, Justin Thomas. Littering and, yeah. So, that's and then the, still that rumor. six picks up for grabs. And I think it comes down to, you know, a very small group of people. I think you look at Sam Burns, Cam Young, Keegan Bradley, possibly Lucas Glover. And then if Zach wants to just go, not off the grid, but just would be a surprise pick, a guy like Dustin Johnson. Well, in the team room, I don't think there's not a guy that would raise, wouldn't raise their hand for Dustin Johnson. Would it be off the grid in the sense of like, yeah, he had, he's only played the major championships and, you know, he's, he's showed some good form, but just there's other guys that you're picking from that we know exactly what they look like right now. It's that last pick, if that's the way it shakes out, and that's what the way the rumors are going right now. Man, that's a that's three tough phone calls, dude. Who Just if you were the captain, not who do you think he's going to pick, but if you were pick, making that pick right now, which way would you go? Uh, Sam Burns, because they'll team him with Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, I that's think the thing. Goes, Scotty, I think that plays a lot. Yeah, I think Zach goes to Scotty and be like, who would you feel most comfortable with? He's going to say his Sam Burns, one of his best friends in the world. But it's a tough call. Like Keegan Bradley was sitting there in a great spot. He was in the next to last pairing on Saturday at the Tour Championship. I thought if he had a good weekend, he didn't have to win. But if he finished third, fourth, somewhere around there, I thought he had a great chance. Um, Cam Young, I mean, he's a stud, dude. He hasn't played that great as of late. He had a top 10 at the Open Championship. But, I mean, the team room is part of it. Let's be honest. And he's... Not the most vocal guy, kind of shy, keeps to himself. And then, yeah, Lucas Glover, it'd be an incredible story. But I just don't see him picking Lucas Glover over Sam Burns. I could yeah, be wrong. Yeah. It's happened before. Three weeks ago, I went ahead and said, I think Lucas Glover's done enough. I think he's on this golf, uh, on this team. Going into this week, I also thought th like those are kind of the names. And the ones you just mentioned were the ones being thrown around. I was like, I don't know that anyone can play their way off the team this week, but there's damn sure a way that some of these bubble guys could make a huge last statement in terms of being picked. And I thought Keegan Bradley had that opportunity. I don't want to put too much emphasis on like one round. He shot three over in the final rounds. Like, dude, we've been picking for over two years. It's hard to put so much emphasis on one round, but the fact that he slipped to ninth, Sam Burns finished in ninth place and Lucas Glover 18th. There's no real like great closing argument. I don't think for any of those guys, but ultimately uh, I think it comes down to Glover and Burns, and I, I don't know. I think it's a, I think it's a coin flip. Honestly, I could see your argument with Scotty Scheffler. That's his guy. They'll team up together. Boom, perfect. Also, Glover, like, dude, if you look at this golf course the way you just described it, who's a better driver on tour than you know, and ball striker really than Lucas Glover? An alternate shot format, he'd be a beast. So there's no wrong decisions here, but that last one, assuming what we're hearing is true, is, it's going to be juicy and there's going to be some tough phone calls, man. Yeah, it's part of the job. Um... Listen, the last time Team USA won across the pond was 30 years ago. The two captain's picks that year were ranked 22nd and 32nd in the points list, and that was Lanny Watkins and Raymond Floyd, and they went over there and won. So imagine if he went that far down the list. I mean, all hell would break loose. People think my, my, my whole deal is when people say so-and-so earned it. I'm like, no, he didn't. Listen, I, I get it. Like, he's played great. Like, Brooks Kepka, yeah, he he's done a lot to prove his – to make his case of being on that team. He only had four events that counted this year, and he finished seventh. But the criteria is there's six automatic picks. So in my opinion, six guys earned it. The rest of them, it's up to Zach Johnson. Does anyone know how Lanny and Raymond's form is right now? Are they playing good? <laughs> is it too late? Run it back. Uh, they got I think, the I think, I think I'd pass on them right now. They got the blueprint, but yeah. this Raymond I mean, Floyd this was over 50 years old, by the way, when he got picked. Uh, Steve Stricker and Bernhard Longer? What if they come out of the woodworks with Bernhard? 
Tough match. For a little senior, yeah, it'd be a, that'd be a tough one. But it it comes down to this every time. Whether we have two captains picks, four, six, name it, whatever, it's always going to come down to the last one, possibly two, and that's exactly what we got this year. And whoever he picks, dude, you're picking a world class player. So that's that's the benefit of being the U.S. team captain is you have a depth. You have so much depth with talent in the U.S. that like. The picks won't be just, I mean, at the end of the week, we'll add them up and see how many points they got, but you're picking, you got good, good options, I should say. Yep. Can't wait to see who he picks. Can't wait to get over to Rome for the Ryder Cup. But one man that's going to be there and he is going to be a problem. Victor Hovland. This man has turned into the, a complete player. Uh, he does it all. We've all, we've always known about his ball striking. His putting's always been pretty good. Now he's got a short game to go with it. It is rather impressive what he's doing. You go back, you go throughout the whole playoff sleeves. Take out the first round 72 at Memphis. He is averaging just over 65 per round. It's absurd how easy he is making this game look. I was with him on Saturday, or sorry, Friday, in the next to last pairing. The dude, it looked like golden tee out there. Just spin it back, push it forward, and the damn thing went dead straight, 320 down the middle of every fairway. Made it look so easy. Um, on a golf course, look, some people like Eastlake, some people hate it. It sucks in August just because it's so soft and the wind hardly blew all week. So these guys torched it. But the fairways, they average less than 25 yards wide. You got to drive the golf ball. The rough was three and a half inches. It sank straight to the bottom. But with how hot and humid it was, the greens were soft. And when when it's soft, you can't stop these guys. You can't hide the pins from them. And Victor Hovland is a damn robot right now. And he went on and put a clinic. I thought Xander Schauffele was going to give him a little push. It looked like it was going to get tight there for a second. But every time it did... Victor Hovland stepped up and made a huge clutch putt. When was the last time you can remember a guy having a six-shot lead going into the final round and shooting a 63? Yeah, it doesn't happen. Like, it doesn't happen. Like Guys put it on cruise control. It's like, just don't mess up. You knew Xander was going to try to make a run, and he did everything in his power. Shit, he shot a 62, but he just couldn't get close. Victor was just automatic. I thought the most impressive thing, you touched on it, was Colt like the short game? He's been very open about that. Like I, he, you know, he famously said, "I suck at chipping." He led the field in scrambling this week. Granted, he didn't have to chip a whole lot of times. He only made two bogeys, but he led the field in scrambling along with virtually every ball striking category um, you can have. But that's that Sunday, man, to have a six shot lead and to not just say, "Let's put this in cruise control," but let's keep going and shoot a sixty three, dude. That that's he's. We need him to chill out a little bit before Rome because it's been fun to watch the last couple of weeks, but let's bump the brakes just a little bit. And Colt, I know you were at Quail earlier this year with Wyndham and Xander, and you walked around and said that might be the best pairing of golf I've ever seen between the two guys. This Sunday at Eastlake, the 63-62 bogey-free out of both of them, I mean, that was a that was a joke how easy I'll they made it look. I'll still stick with, with, with Xander and Wyndham on that just because I thought that golf course was playing much harder that day. And they're – granted – this was the final pairing, and they had the two lowest scores of the day, which doesn't happen very often. When you're when you're the leaders and you go out and you shoot the two lowest rounds when everybody else can freewheel it, it's pretty special. But, you know, I was on the range with Xander and Austin Kaiser before he teed off, and I was just talking to him, going back and forth, like, what's, what's the plan? Obviously, you're six back. You got to go low. He's like, I think if we go out there and shoot seven under 63, like, could possibly have a chance. And I'm like, yeah, probably with $18 million on the line. I mean, Victor's yeah. going to feel it a little bit. 63 sounds pretty good. Uh, he shot 62, and he made up a shot. Yeah, I mean, it's just barely got like, close. Barely had a I mean, chance. You, you to get think close. about it. You're you're sitting there. You're Xander Shoffley, and you're going into the day, and you're like, okay, I'm going to shoot 30 on the front nine. I could really cut into that lead. He picked up one shot at the turn. Like it was just you. It, it, imagine if we had a match play situation or a stroke play situation. 
you know, if they all started at zero at the start of the week, those two would have been in a playoff for $18 million, an $11.5 million difference between first and second. Which would be a dream scenario for that, to have one round or a playoff or whatever, just kind of a, all the chips on the table moment at that deal. That's the risk you run with that format is someone like Victor comes out and does what he does. But uh, Xander Shockley, man, if they could just host some more events at Eastlake, I mean, the kid does not miss around Eastlake. Never shot over par in his career. 28 on that rounds. golf course. And not with that rough, like you mentioned, dude, it, it just takes a wayward drive here or there. Not even a bad drive, just a little bit off. And it sinks down to that bottom of that Bermuda. You get a squarely lie, boom. You, you know, you make a couple bogeys. Uh, he hadn't done it yet. It was that was that final round golf, man. That was uh that was something special. So I'm glad at least one of those guys in that duel is gonna be wearing the red, white, and blue here in a few weeks. No kidding. Uh, but shout out Victor Hovland. You uh you mm -hmm. earned it, man. That was an impressive last two weeks. He's your FedEx Cup champion. And it was a hell of a week for me, Sleaze. Not only did we just wrap up our CBS season, 23 weeks, the most we've ever ever done. Just did 19 of 21 weeks to end the year. So I'm about to go into full football and couch mode, not moving for quite some time. But one of my highlights of last week, you know I'm a big country music guy. Never seen Chris Stapleton before. He was in Atlanta last week. He played Friday and Saturday night. I went Saturday night with our man Charles Barkley, and my goodness gracious, you talk about a boy that can sing. Not Charles. I've seen Charles sing. It's not near as good. Chris Stapleton might be the best voice I've ever heard. Did he sing the national anthem? Did he open with well, that? Because I well, we, think that was the last time I cried, actually. Well, to be fair, because of the weather delay, we got there about three songs in, which was tragic because I missed his new <laughs> one, White Horse. But I will say this. We had all planned on going. Okay, so they set us up with some tickets. Everything was good. Well, Charles decided Friday night, he's like, you are going to Chris Stapleton? I want to go. So our CBS guy emails Chris's manager. He goes, well, believe it or not, Charles Barkley actually wants to come to the show. You think we can do anything? He goes, yep. Pull into the back gate. You're parking next to the bus. You're sitting side stage or front of house, whichever one you want. And then Chris would like to meet him after the show. So things kind of change when Charles Barkley's involved. It's kind of nice. I hate to give him credit, but it was a, it was a hell of a time. And, and thanks to all Chris's team for, for helping us out. It was whew. Uh, it was what what a show it was, man. I was so impressed by that guy. And then to meet him afterwards was so cool, man. Don't get starstruck very often, but that that one was up there. I like that, though. You're, you're a country music guy. Like, those are your guys. Those are the ones that uh, that move the needle for you. And uh, luckily for you, as fate would have it, if Charles wants to go, typically, some, some spots open up. So that's a nice, uh, you know, little stroke of luck there with Chuck. Yeah, but it was a fun week in Atlanta. It was a fun week on the PG or fun year on the PGA Tour. Shout out to all my teammates over at CBS and all the people behind the scenes for all the hard work they do because I got a lot of loyal listeners out there, camera guys, all that, all spotters, everybody are fantastic. Um, it was an amazing year two for me, and I can't wait to get it started all again in Torrey Pines in January. And congrats to you, man, on a, on a great year. You guys have done a great job throughout uh, that entire process. It's a long year. It's a long haul. And uh, tip of the cap, bud. Great work, and uh, looking forward to next year. Yep, cannot wait. But uh, but now, let's get ready for some football and some gambling because football season is here, and we got incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Obviously, this week, we got college football, so we're going to go to that instead of the NFL. Let's just show them. Finally, we're in some. We, we actually know what we're talking about. Now you know, we've been talking home. about golf for so long. Now we're ready now to we're rock. Home, dude. 
You ready for this? I'm going right out of the gates. You know, they already played one week, so I feel like they knocked the rust off. They didn't cover, but this man is probably going to be the next quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals. He's going to be the number one pick in the draft next year. Caleb Williams and the USC Trojans fight on or minus 38 and a half against Nevada. I know it's a shit ton of points. I know nothing about Nevada, but I feel like Caleb Williams is the best player on the field by a long ways, and he can handle that. Nevada, that's where Vegas is. That's the state where Vegas is <laughs> yeah, located. But the school is in Reno. Correct. The school is in Reno. Used to go to first stage up there. Can get frigid. I like that. 38 and a hook, huh? But we're that's taking. It. We are going to. We just said, you know, we're getting into shit that we know now. We're talking football. We're going to look like the biggest just public schmucks in the world. Because you know where I'm going with my pick, PG? This ain't going to be a surprise, buddy boy. TCU Horn Frogs, your national champion runner-ups, I might add. Just coming off a tight loss at the end of last season. Hopefully they put that behind them. But they're giving 20 and a hook to Coach Prime and the Buffalo. It's a lot to give to Prime. It's a lot to give to Prime. Being a proud Colorado native that I am, I got a lot of friends that are Buffaloes. There's a lot of shit being talked around here. We got a lot of new dudes. They got virtually an entire new team. First week of the year, it's like, man, I haven't had a whole lot of time to work together. We have. Give me. I'm going to take my boys, 20 and a hook, ride or die. I'm a homer. That's what I do. But I'm going to be tuned in, and I'm gassed up for some college football your 455 pound offensive lineman might eat coach prime for a snack oh my god i don't think he's ever going to play this year but please god just put him in. put him on goal <laughs> first whatever in goal from the one you put him in at fullback i just dare, fall forward dare somebody to get around him and get the running back all right well now is the best time to join fanduel the app is easy to use and you can be on everything from spreads to player props and more so visit fanduel.com subpar and kick off football season with an offer you don't want to miss fanduel official partner of the nfl must be 21 years and older and present in select states fanduel is offering online sports wagering in kansas under an agreement with kansas star casino llc First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia, or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. NFL Sunday Ticket offers 9-18-23. No refunds, terms, and embargoes apply. $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. No YouTube TV. YouTube TV base plan required to watch YouTube TV. Redemption requires a Google account and current form of payment. Commercial use excluded. All right, well, let's get to our interview this week. We've got the 123rd U.S. Amateur Champ in the house. The Alabama Crimson Tide, Nick Dunlap, joins us. This is a fun one. Let's get to it. Here's Nick Dunlap on Subpar. All right, our guest here today just had himself a week. The only, just became the only man not named Tiger Woods to win both the U.S. Junior and the U.S. Amateur. Also announced the U.S. Walker Cup team. 
and is only headed into his sophomore year at the University of Alabama. Your U.S. Amateur champ, Nick Dunlap. Nick, hell of a week, bud. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, man, congrats. That is so cool. 123rd U.S. Amateur champion. Just tell us what the last few days have been like. Obviously, the week was incredible. I know that was your goal going in. You're one of the best players in the country, but how's life changed in the last few days? It's weird. Um, I, you know, just earlier today, getting to talk with uh, Coach Saban and um, our AD for a little while, and um, uh, Mike Shanahan called me at dinner. Um, and it's just simple things like that. You know, JT's texting me. It's like, it's weird how fast some of that stuff can change. Um, and just, and, uh, I mean, in a day. Um, I it's. I don't think it's quite set in yet. Um, I finally, you know, this morning kind of got to sit down and, and you know, recap it all and, and watch some videos and um, just realize how that how that week went down. And um, and it's really cool. You know, I've, I've spent a lot of time um, working for this trophy and, and just to have my name and, and mentioned with Tiger is something that, um, you know, it's, it's unforgettable and, and something that, um, you know, I'm going to cherish for a long, long time. All right, before we get going into the USAM and all that stuff, we're going to get into that, but I got to hear about this meeting with Saban. How does this happen? Does he just call you and say, yo, I want to meet with you? I, I assume whatever he says happens. Uh-huh, yeah. So he uh, um, he spends a lot of time at our facility, and um, I've actually gotten to know him a little bit over the last couple of months. Um, and what's cool with him is he doesn't, you know, he's 71 or 72, or however, however old he is. Um, he doesn't just go and play golf to have fun. Like, he's got that competitive, like, always trying to get better. He'll, I mean, he sat. Actually, before I left for the AM, he sat and watched me hit balls for two and a half hours, um, you know, picking my brain on you know, what he can get better at. And um, it's kind of eye opening for me that like he doesn't have that off switch. Like he doesn't like he's always trying to get better no matter what he's doing. Um, and uh, he'll, he'll text me from from time to time and, uh, and congratulate me on you know how I'm playing or we'll talk a little bit um, about how the team's doing. But um you know he called me right after we finished um on sunday and, and congratulated me he was actually at the facility and, and popped in and watched the last couple holes which is pretty cool um but no just to just to have somebody like that and in, in his office there's obviously um even bringing that trophy which is um fairly a fairly popular trophy and, and you bring that into his office and it's about his you know the fourth most um uh <laughs> way to say this um prestigious fourth yeah fourth most prestigious thing he's got in there um and uh you know just to just to kind of have him have him speak about um usam and, and watching me and, and what it means to him and um it was just it's a it's a it was a really cool experience for me and, and to share that with somebody like him i talked to your coach uh jay sewell just a little bit ago and he told me saban kind of said the same thing to you as he did his team after they won their national championship said this this isn't the end. This is just the this beginning. Just, just the beginning, yeah. Um, That's so cool to hear, man. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's awesome. You, got, you, a, get this, you got a great you got a great relationship with him. But um, go ahead, Slays. I was just going to ask while we're on the football topic. You said you got a call from Mike Shanahan. Peyton Manning was out there all week, walking around watching the matches. Did you get a chance to chop it up with Peyton at all? Peyton came out and, and talked to us uh, a couple of days early, and you know, um, just to hear his insight on um, you know playing on the road as we're going to be going to to scotland it's you know not going to be the crowd's not going to be in our favor um and just some of his tactics that he used uh you know playing against an away crowd or um maybe playing a game where the weather's not favorable or um just some things like that or you know jet lag or um some things that can kind of help us uh next week that's awesome i got to spend some time with him he's obviously extremely knowledgeable and extremely funny 
Yeah. Um, he he yeah, cracks yeah. me up. He was uh, he was wearing John Cook out on the broadcast about wearing a purple shirt. He says, I'm not going to talk to anybody with an LSU colored shirt on. He blames Smiley for it, yeah, which was, which was great. But let's uh let, let's go to the start of the week because I think a lot's been made about your start and stroke play being five over through seven. Then Jeff Curl wrote you the note in the yardage book and obviously turned things around. You end up being the 41 seed. But just take us through that because, I mean, you're one of the best players in the world. You won the Northeast Dam, the North-South. You're heading in there as one of the favorites. And then probably the worst start you ever could have imagined happened for you. Um, was there any panic yeah. that set in at all? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and as you know, like you know, you had some starts like that. It happens. Um, it's just kind of the way you know. I played well at the Western Am before that week. Um, kind of got boat raced and um, in the quarters against Christian Moss. Um, played really well. Um, you know, I thought my game. Um, you know, you know, this tournament in particular is circled on my calendar. Uh, start of the year, like this is the one I want. This is the major. This is you know, this is the one all eyes are on and. Um, and to kind of get off to that start, you know, I hit the wrong ball on number three, made triple, four putted the fifth, made a terrible bogey on seven, uh, had a mid iron in my hand at a par five, and I'm gonna have that start, and all you can see is red, like your head spinning. You're like, man, like I had such a good summer, and like this is how this is gonna go out, and like, um, and it's not like you have four days to figure it out. You know, you have you're playing against 320 of the best players in the world, and um, and you got 36 holes to to beat, you know four six of them um and uh i think jeff did a really good job of calming me down you know i kind of got out of my rhythm got out of my process we talked a lot about our, our game plan at the start of the week and, and sticking to that and i kind of got out of that for a couple holes and uh and he kind of wrote me that note and snapped back into it and like all right like let's take you know each shot for what it's worth we've got a 35 yard pitch let's hit the best shot we can no matter what we did six holes ago like this is all we can do like if we play these next, you know, 29 holes the way we want. And if we don't get in, we can hang our hat on that. But, um, and it just kind of fell into place. I kind of got into rhythm, birdied eight, birdied nine, birdied a couple more holes in the back. And honestly, our only goal was to just get, um, you know, get myself in a position, come that back nine on Tuesday at Cherry Hills to maybe, you know, make a run and get into match play. And, um, you know, fortunately got it back to even for that day and, and played well at Cherry the next day. Yeah, dude, you battled and it would be easy to pack it in at that point, but you didn't. Like you said, you grind your way, you get into match play, and then boom, match number one, you, fellow native, Gordon Sargent, number one in the world golf rank, uh, amateur world golf rankings. What went through your mind when you saw that was the first round matchup? <laughs> um, yeah, we actually, you know, for, from Gordon and I, it's it's pretty cool. We, you know, grew up together and grew up in the same place. And um, I think something that's it's kind of cool is, you know, we, we always grew up playing against each other. You know, we grew up... Um, you know, go to different rival SEC schools and always kind of compared against each other, put against, you know, playing against each other. And um, those couple of days um, right before that event started, you know, we kind of got to know each other for more than just golfers. Um, we kind of grew a little bit of a relationship and, um, you know, we both have a lot of respect for each other and, and what we've done. And obviously, he's, you know, he's the number one player in the world and his, his accomplishments uh, stand for itself. But, um you need that, that kind of bond, um, you know, going over next week, playing, um, planning the same team together for, you know, representing something that's, that's greater than just us. Um, but Jeff actually talked a lot about beginning of the week, like, man, this is fate. Like you battled back from being five through seven, we hit the wrong ball. You know, I three, I gave it a terrible three putt on the last and you draw Gordon in the first round. Um, and just take it for what it's worth, you know, um, enjoy the moment, enjoy the crowd. Um, and that, you know, this was this was meant to happen and, um, you know, take it for what it's worth. Yeah, you end up getting him two and one. But I mean, like Lee says, tough match has seen what he's done. Him also being, you know, from Birmingham, being number one in the world, getting the spot at the Masters has like that kind of like 
pushed you even more? I know you're from everything I've talked to all your coaches, everything, Brian Speakman to JC. Well, everyone says you're the hardest worker they've ever seen, but has his success kind of motivated you even a little more? Absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and not only that, but it's cool for, you know, just the opportunities he's, he's brought to amateur golf and, um, obviously, you know, playing in the masters, getting the, that NCAA exemption and, um, just the things that he's done, you know, I personally, uh, dislike losing more than I like winning. Um, and, you know, to see somebody obviously, um, have that amount of success and, and playing really well, um, it motivates me. Um, it, you know, I, I want to be in that spotlight. I want to be, um, I want to have a chance to do something great. And, uh, and yeah, it, honestly, it, it, it only fuels me. Um, but, uh, but no, all respect to him. And, um, like I said, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to teaming up with him finally. Yeah, that's going to be a potentially a hell of a pairing if you guys end up going out together in that deal. But your relationship with him, is that, would you classify it as a rivalry or is that something like the media put out? Cause you're both from Alabama. You're both, you know, some of the best players in the amateur game. Do you view that as a rivalry? Um, I mean, I, I think you can just because we're from the same hometown, but um, I think if you asked him, I mean, the, it, it really is. It's all respect between, between, uh, between both of us. And, you know, just the text he sent me um, after we played was really cool. You know, I said, Hey man, like, you know, you're, uh, you're arguably the best player in the world right now. Um, nothing but respect. He's like, Hey man, go out and win this. I'm cheering for you. Um, and just to have somebody, um, like himself and, you know, just after the match, we just played and, um, you know, I know how I would feel if I got beat and, and for him to do that and, and to take the time and text me was, was really neat. Um, and something that I think is only going to grow our relationship. Yeah. And you ended up beating cool. him two and one and then cruised the next few matches before you got to the quarterfinals against Jackson Coyvan, which went 19 holes. Was that the, really the only one that kind of gave you a little stress after getting past Gordon? Um, I, you could say that um, there was a couple matches, even that second and third match where, you know, you could kind of feel the momentum change, especially during that. Um, you're playing the Colorado native and, you know, 98% of the crowd is rooting for him. Um, and you can kind of feel that momentum switch a couple couple times during the match. But um, I think you, you always have that one match. Um, you know, it's a long week. You got six matches, but you're always going to have that one where you don't have it or, you know, something doesn't go your way. You're going to need, you just have to get by that one person. Um, and for whatever reason, after I, I finished the quarters, um, or I finished the round of 16, uh, we were at dinner. I'm like, man, I just don't have a good feeling about this for some reason. Like, I, you know, I've played with Jackson a couple of times. He's number one uh, junior ranked in the world and obviously, you know, done some really good things to get there. And for whatever reason, I just did not. I had a bad gut feeling about it um, and, and ended up, um, you know, I had three three putts during that match at two hazard balls and, um, you know, momentum switched a couple of times. You know, early in that match, he made some sloppy mistakes that kind of, I let it linger and I should have um, wasn't able to capitalize on some, some of the um, areas and gaps that he had given me and, um, you know, three putted the last hole to, to go to extras. But it was kind of one of those matches. It was one of those matches where I had to figure out a way to get by it no matter what. Yeah, it looked like on 18 that like you had the advantage. That match changed so much. For the people listening that didn't see that, walk us through like 18 green in regulation and then into 19. Because 19, that was kind of a, a flip as well. Yeah, even uh, I think it honestly goes back to uh, to thirteen. You know, I, I won thirteen, I think, to go to one up, and then you know, snap hooked it in the hazard on fourteen, and then you know, one fifteen, and then three putted sixteen. So it was kind of back and forth, and um, went to went to seventeen, tied seventeen, um, and then eighteen. You know, I you know, I probably uh, wasn't an easy putt. I had fifty feet, you know, breaking 
probably eight feet. Um, and then three putted that as well. Um, and I was kind of, kind of felt like a deja vu moment from earlier. I'm like, man, I just had, you know, a really, really good chance. And you normally don't get two chances to win a match like that. Um, and I you know, had six feet to win it. Um, no, obviously you go to one, you know, kind of not trying to let it get to me, like stick to the process, stick to what we had our game plan. He hit a great drive in the front bunker. Um, it's a, a fairly easy bunker shot. And I kind of pull hooked it left, um, off the first tee. They played a drivable from the, from the Palmer tee. Um, you know, it was kind of weird all week. It was kind of the way I hit it out of the rough. I play it with a fairly open club face and kind of hood it coming back. I don't ship with a 60 out of that, out of that bent rough for whatever reason. I just don't catch a ton of ball. Um, and it's, it's a lot easier for me to chip with a sandwich out of that rough. I can kind of, it's, it's more consistent. I, you know, I have an idea of what window it's going to come out of and I catch more ball and that lie and that certain shot. If I hit it with a sandwich, there's no way of it staying on the green unless I try to bump it through the rough. Um, and it was kind of, you know, just like, he's like, man, you've got to, you've got to try to, you've, you've got to hit this with an L wedge. We, we, we have no chance. Um, and it's like, all right, like, you know. And honestly, I'm just trying to hit it to 25 feet and, and pray that he gives me a chance to try to make it to go to extras. And um, honestly, I felt a second a second life. He didn't hit the, the, the greatest of bunker shots and had about 12 feet. Um, and it kind of sparked me a little bit. And, um, you know, I wasn't putting it great. Uh, it's kind of weird. We, you know, Jeff and I normally are, are pretty similar on reads. And for whatever reason that day, you know, not only were we not seeing him, we were, I mean, we were a foot apart in some reads. Um and uh and on that particular hole you know we both kind of pointed at the same corner of a divot um at the same time you know like man like i started right there you know you know i've hit some bad putts but um you know all you can do is hit a good one and if i and if you miss doing it and he makes it i can hang my hat on that and uh unfortunately you know it came out and, and crested right at the corner of that divot and went right in the middle that's uh wow yeah that was a hell of a match and i mean just, you know, I've never got a chance to sit down and talk with you, but talking to everybody, they tell me you're the most mature 19-year-old on the planet, and I'm starting to see that now just from from 10 minutes of talking to you. Um, but I got to go ahead to the to the semifinals because, one, you know, obviously the winner and the runner-up getting the Masters. That's the thing everyone pays attention to. What were the nerves like the day of the semifinals compared to the finals? Um, Honestly, I, I've, I've told a lot of people this. I think I was more nervous against Gordon than – than I was the entire week until the final finals match. Um, I felt that um, it just goes back to my respect for Gordon and his game. I felt like if I could get by him, um, I could make it a good ways. And, uh, um, but no, you know, it, it kind of goes back to, to what Jeff and I had kind of said throughout the week, like, Hey, like, and it's actually, I've talked to Brett McCabe a lot and I talked to him a lot throughout that week. Um, like, look, we have a process Let's stick to it. And if somebody can, beat me in my process, then, then great. So be it hats off to him. Um, but I'm not going to get out of my rhythm, um, in my process for somebody, um, whether they hit a good shot, like if I was going to hit it to 12 feet before they hit it to a foot, I'm still going to hit it 12 feet and try to make a putt. Um, and I think that helped me once the pressure amped up, like realize, like, look, I've done this four times. Like I'm sticking to the process. I'm sticking to what I can do. And, and something that, um, you know, I think everybody kind of knows about it, whether it's the, the PJ Tour U or PJ Tour Accelerated or the the Masters exemptions or the US Open. I think something I've done in the past is is try to to, to push all that away and, and not acknowledge it. And it's something that I talk with Brett a lot this week is like, you know, let's embrace that. Like you can't tell your mind what to think about or what not to think about and um let's embrace that and take it for what it's worth and, and go after uh, go after what we want and, and execute our game plan. Yeah, and it sure as hell worked. And you get through that semifinal match. Boom, now you're in the finals. And that morning, 
some of your boys from Alabama show up for the final match. I think they left Atlanta at like three in the morning or three thirty yeah. in the morning, yeah. something like that. What did you think when you saw? Did, a, did you know they were coming? And B, when did you see them for the first time? So I talked to. I uh, it was really cool. First of all, Coach Sewell stayed and watched the the Gordon match, um, which was cool for me. He had to go back and, and be a head coach for a little bit, but uh, told me he was going to come out back out in the weekend if I made it. And uh, sure enough, he showed up Sunday or showed up Saturday um, for that. Um, for the Parker Bell match in the semis. And uh, my parents flew out. A couple other buddies from Huntsville flew out. And candidate actually told me all weeks, like, hey, man, if you make it to Sunday, I will be there. It's like, I don't know how I'm going to be there, but I'm going to be there. Um, but I had no idea that some of the other guys were coming. They, I think Cannon posted a video on his Twitter um, of them leaving. and um, But no, I had no idea. Jonathan Grizz, my, my roommate, and uh, Thomas Ponder and JP, uh, which was our starting five last year. Um, it was cool for me just to, to see them out there and, um, how how unselfish they were of you know you know taking two days out of their practice and and out of their life in college and, and coming and supporting me and um, I think that shows testament to to how close we are and and what we've grown here at Alabama and um, I mean I'm I'm looking forward to to going back and battling with them here in the here in the tournaments coming up in the fall and um, yeah I mean they they brought the energy I needed it um, I knew exactly when they showed up on seven when I made that putt um, they got loud and, and they kept it and. Uh, it was, it was cool to celebrate with them after. That's really that cool sweet. to hear that they flew out there. Sleaze, how about that? His roommate's last name is Grizz. Sleaze's dog's Dude, name's Grizz. <laughs> I wanted to mention it. I saw, I think it was at the Amateur, like last year maybe he was playing somebody, and I took a screenshot. I was like, don't know this kid, but I'm going to. Also, my new favorite player in college, the Grizz. Love that. Tell him shout out to him. Love that. Dude. I will. I will. Absolutely. Uh, go to the finals quickly because we know you got a lot of stuff going on, but you play Neil Shipley, who seemed like, Kind of one of the crowd favorites. Had the long hair going. Yeah. Um, yeah. Loved to celebrate. I didn't get to see a lot of it, but it just looked like a lot of people were cheering him on. What was the finals like? Because y'all both played great. Yeah, I think I think, I think I kind of started early on and early on the week, and I played um, Colorado native. Didn't really feel all the love from the crowd. And then the next match, I was playing a young kid, which I think uh, a lot of the crowds are rooting on. And I said it. Um, I said it to Jeff, and I think somebody overheard it that I like being the villain. Um, and. I think that kind of goes back to um, I, I kind of use the crowd as um, as motivation for myself and um, something I watch a lot is um, watch a lot of baseball. But uh, there's a there's I think there's a twenty for twenty on the Boston Red Sox in 03. 30 against, for thirty against or thirty for thirty. There you go. <laughs> against Whatever, the gold jacket, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, same thing. Um, against the Yankees and um, and how you know Boston's down to you know three zero and and. Uh, how uh, Kurt Schilling, all he wanted to do was was to shut the crowd up, and that's something that kind of kind of we used a lot um, throughout the week, and and obviously in that finals match where you know I think Neil Shipley kind of became an overnight sensation, um, and I you know I wasn't really feeling the love from the crowd that finals match, and we talked a lot about it. it's like hey like you know, let's quiet the crowd, um, and that's kind of all I wanted to do uh, all all that um, that you know the finals match in that second eighteen. Um, I had a couple opportunities and was able to capitalize it um, on that, you know, that ninth and tenth hole, and I was able to kind of quiet them and, um, you know, kind of get back to what I was doing. Yeah, you guys had, you guys both played an incredible morning eighteen. I believe you matched sixty sixes. Basically, you go in all square that match. You started to jump out to a little lead in that second eighteen, but you made some monster putts when he was trying everything he could to cut into that thing and make it a close match. And he had some really good opportunities. If you had to pinpoint one moment, one putt in that second 18 where you're like, dude, that's the one I needed. This is mine. What would it be? 
I think three was a three was a big one for me. Um, I wouldn't yeah. say that was the turning point, but three it kind of set the tone. Um, I was able to kind of get a lead, um, and that's kind of what I try to do in match play. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't try to beat somebody seven and six. That's not my goal. Um, you know, I try to get a lead and, and basically suffocate them um, and basically um, make them feel like I'm not going to mess up. Make them feel like they have to try to make something happen, and that's ultimately when they mess up. Um, but I think it was on nine. That putt on nine, you know, I was three up. Um, he kind of hit one in there close. The crowd's starting to get a little bit louder. I could feel it. Um, you know, I had 30 feet. I hit a great shot. I hit exactly where I was trying to hit it. You know, he, he went better than I did, and, you know, inside of me. And um, I felt like that was kind of an opportunity that I could steal a stunder away a little bit and uh, and made that. And, you know, I, I was pretty confident he was going to make it on top of me. And then, um, you know, go to 10, and you make that putt on 10. And, um, you know, you kind of have all the momentum back. Yeah, you did. And you end up finishing off four and three. You're the 123rd U.S. Amateur Champion. With that, as I mentioned earlier, you'll be teamed up at the Masters next year alongside John Rahm the first two days. One, have you ever played Augusta National? And two, have you ever been to the Masters? Um, I think I went to the Masters, I think, the year that Jordan won and like set the record for however many birdies he made or, or whether he, I don't think he broke, broke the actual record. But, um, but I went that year. I, I went that Saturday. Um, I've never, uh, it's funny, Coach Sewell was talking to me this morning about maybe going over and playing with uh, Jeff Knox a little bit um, as Lee Knox played here. But I actually, ha- I've never played it. Um, it was funny, my first time on Augusta, I actually bent down and picked up a piece of grass because I thought it was AstroTurf. Um, <laughs> but uh, but no, like, I'm looking forward to it. And it's something uh, we talked a lot about, um, and, and, you know, getting the opportunity to play Augusta and, and with John Rahm is going to be uh, incredible. Yep, that's going to be unbelievable. You got a big slate of major championships coming up. You got the Walker Cup coming up. You also have college golf season with all the shit you have going on right now and all the stuff coming up. Like, is it hard to not have a letdown when college golf starts? It's like it's been a whirlwind and then boom, there's like no break for you. No, there's not much of a break. Um, honestly, man, like when I'm playing, when I'm playing well, I just I just like competing. Um, not a huge um, I don't love practicing. I do it. Um and uh but i i just like competing i like playing um and uh you know especially when when all this is happening uh, we got a couple events coming up um but just to have you know st andrews and, and royal troon and augusta on the same schedule for me is is unbelievable and i don't think i've quite wrapped my head around it yet um but uh, even i mean even our college schedule we're playing olympia field starting off and then we get to play birmingham country club and um I'm just fortunate enough to be in a spot where I'm able to play at all these places and, and, you know, um, being led by coach Sewell and, and, and all that it's, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, um, even though I am looking forward to a break, I've still got some, a lot of golf and a lot of fun left to have. And, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Well, I can tell you one thing. I got a chance to play on a Walker cup team and wearing that red, white, and blue. Uh, obviously you have an extremely bright future and you're going to want to do massive things, but that Walker cup will always stick with you going over there and playing with your boys. Um, representing your country is one of the coolest things you can do. So make sure you enjoy that. And it's at St. Andrews, by the way. Yeah, it's uh, it was it was something cool. Uh, one of my buddies from Huntsville gave me. I don't, I'm not sure exactly how he got it, but he's got a ball from the very first Walker Cup. Um, and it's been it was it's been sitting on my nightstand ever since it was um, announced that the the hundredth Walker Cup, the hundredth anniversary, was going to be at St. Andrews. And it was a goal of mine to get on that team. Um, and I did everything I could. Uh, you know, I wasn't. After playing poorly at the U.S. Open at L.A., I, I wasn't planning on playing Northeast or North South. Um, and I, you know, unfortunately, looked back. I'm glad I did. And I was playing well, and, and I wanted to play. I'm healthy. Um, 
credit to, to Clark. You guys saw earlier. Um, he's done a lot to, to get me in a place where I can play and with my wrist. And, um, and last week I was hurt for a little while there, which a lot of people don't know about. Um, but no, I'm, I'm just, I'm looking forward to it and it's going to be a blast. And don't forget most, not most importantly, but very important football season's coming up, dude. Uh, you should probably try to get to a game or two. Do you go to, do you and the boys go to all the games? Every time that, uh, that we're home and, uh, um, the team is at home, we're there. Um, we're actually, uh, I think it's, I think it's in between the first and second quarter. Um, I'll get to go on the field here, the Texas game coming up, um, which will be kind of cool. I think it's the first time that we've hosted Texas, I believe. Um, you know, big, big, uh, big first home game. And, um, I'm just looking forward for SEC football to be back. It's one of my favorite times of the year, just to, to veg on a Saturday and watch some football and, um, and enjoy that. So I'm looking forward to it. Man, that's going to be so cool, especially the Texas game. That was a battle last year in yeah. Austin. Yeah. All right, let's get to the E9. Something we got to do. We got to have a little fun with you here. Um, we, we do this with everyone, and we ask the same first question. You can be anyone for a day in the history of time, dead or alive. You get to walk in their shoes for a day. Who would it be? Michael Jordan. There you go. Michael that's Jordan. a quick answer. Um, okay. Yeah, Don't blame I, think you. The, I think he's the greatest athlete ever. Um, you know, obviously the most dominant. I don't say dominant. The, the uh, you could say Shaq's the most dominant, but I think he's the the greatest basketball player of all time. Not gonna get an argument from we'll me. get no argument <laughs> from us. We're <laughs> in the we're in the wrong age group to argue that LeBron stuff. If you do become Jordan for a day, but just send us some kicks. Send us like all the exclusive. <laughs> Absolutely, we'll get you our sizes. All right, first one from me. Um, is Coach Sewell nervous at all that Coach Saban might steal you away, being that you were once a finalist in the punt passing kick <laughs> competition? Oh gosh, I knew that was coming. Um, yeah, I need to hear these not, stats on the on the. Gosh, I hope not. Um, no, it's I, I can't remember exactly what age I was when all that happened, but um, but no, I, I'd love to be on that field of the at Brian Denny. Uh, um, playing in front of five thousand people gets my uh, gets me pretty nervous. I wouldn't even imagine playing in front of a hundred thousand. Yeah, y'all well, never you get... punt though. Huh? You know, y'all don't punt that much, so you wouldn't get a lot of action. That's true. That's true. They score every possession or every possession, it seems like. I think once you get hit that first time by an SEC linebacker, you'll be like, Coach Sewell, I'd like to come back and play golf yeah, again. Yeah, I'd like to I'd like to play golf again. <laughs> yeah. All right. Clark's gonna be busy. All right. Yeah. You're you're six three. You're a big dude. You're really fit. Would you say you've done more two a days in the gym or at Chipotle? <laughs> oh, who did Chipotle come from? Um probably honestly pretty close. Um I would probably say Chipotle. I think the, the, the lunch and dinner Chipotle combo is um, something when I'm home, you can kind of just kind of just cash it. Um, I found out apparently this year that there's a Chipotle app. Didn't know that. Um, and I think I've accumulated close to like 21,000 points on that, um, which I think is pretty good. I've heard your number one goal is to be sponsored by Chipotle and also that you have like the most ridiculously simple order ever. It's the same thing every time. I actually, the, the, the guys in Huntsville, um, all of the people that worked there knew my name, um, knew my order. As soon as I came in, they made the same two bowls and went right to the checkout. Is it just really rice, chicken, and cheese? That's it? Right. It's double rice, double chicken, and, and cheese. That's all you got. And no two bowls. sauce. Nope. No sauce. Oh, my God. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's that's exciting. <laughs> you need a low food budget, <laughs> Boy, though. That's good. Your Master's that's Champions good. dinner is going to be riveting. It's going to make oh, Bubba Watson be- look like, God, Bobby Souffle or something. Oh, my God. going to be God. fantastic. It'd be super simple. <laughs> hey uh, tiger here's your chicken that. no no sauce Ain't nothing wrong nothing wrong with double two a day 
Chipotle. Sometimes ever. if I'm feeling feeling a little aggressive, we might go some queso, but it's got to be uh, you know, it's got to be one of those kind of days. You splurge. You win the USAM. You splurge on a little queso. That's good. Keep that humility. Uh, <laughs> all right, I got a real I got a real golf win for you on this one because a lot of people they may have heard your name, but this is this last week is probably the first time getting to see you in real life and see your golf game. Give me the one guy currently on the PGA Tour that you think your golf game resembles the most. Can it be a live player? Or are they the same now? Yeah. Um, yeah. Any golfer. Uh, plays I like would, you. I would probably say Dustin Johnson. Um, Good one. I think. Um, I think my my long my long game and driving's um, fairly similar. Um, I think uh, over over the past couple of years, my putting has has gotten a lot better. It's something I focused a lot on, especially this this first year at Bama. Um, I was always fairly good inside of ten feet and eight, and eight feet. Um, it's kind of my, my money range, but, um, over the last year, coach, you and I have worked, we've worked a lot of my speed and, and my lag putting. And, um, I think it's something that, that was kind of shown that final match is, you know, I, I don't, it used to be, you know, me marking, I would have to mark it every time from 30 to 40 feet. And, and now it's gotten to a point where, you know, that's either a gimme or I can tap it in and it's, it's taking a lot of stress off, uh, off, off my irons and, and knowing that I can be confident enough hitting it just on the green somewhere that I can two putt it and not have to worry about three putting. And, um, it's something that's helped me a lot. Well, he's had a pretty decent, decent career. So I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, Good next, you know, listen, you play at the university of Alabama. You, there's some nice perks that come along with that. A lot of it's, you know, flying private to tournaments, but recently at the sec championship, you chose to take an eight hour van ride with your assistant coach, Hunter Hamrick. Can you please explain to us why you would do that and not fly private? Yeah. Um, so that's another Clark's been, uh, Clark's been there for me a couple of times, but, uh, so we live on a lake here and we've got a lake house in Tuscaloosa. Um, then my parents recently moved out here and, um, as college kids, you find rocks that you probably shouldn't jump off of whether they're high or, or, you know, gutsy or whatever. And you kind of, you, you back the, you back the boat up, see how deep it is. And then, you know, if it's reasonable, then you jump off. And, uh, we had uh, four or five teammates out there and we all got up and jumped off the first time. And, um, and there's one guy that wouldn't jump. Same time. I'll, I'll say it was Dylan West. He wouldn't jump off the rock. And uh, so finally we all went back up there um, to try to get him to jump off. And you always see these videos of somebody that's terrified and their knees lock up and they won't jump. Well, that actually happened. He wouldn't jump. And it's what, it, it's not a place where you can just walk back down. Like once you're up, you've got to jump. You're, you're not getting back down uh, the way you came up. And, uh, well, when we went back up there, um, as soon as I jumped off, you know, my, I popped up out of the water and my world is spinning. Like I can't see straight. Felt like I was going to throw up and, uh, you know, felt like I had water in my ear for about three or four hours and finally got back to my apartment and, and, you know, was jumping on one foot and, uh, you know, blood started coming out of my ear. Um, and, and ended up, uh, busting an eardrum, um, was told that I probably shouldn't play, um, at SECs, and we we finally made a molding of a of earwax uh, that swimmers use for for swimmers here, and I was able to keep that because you know when you bust your eardrum, your equilibrium's completely off. And I was ru running into corners, running into walls, like it's really weird. Um, and I played with that big old orange thing in my ear all week long. Um, and you know, I got as soon as that happened, um, you came back in like, Hey, you know, we're flying to, to SECs here in two days. Like, am I gonna be able to do that? He's like, no, you got to bust your drum. You can't, you can't fly. Um, uh, so I ended up driving and, and actually it's funny after that week, um, I went back, um, cause obviously, you know, I was, I'm wearing that mold and it, it pushes everything all the way to the bottom where that, where that, uh, there's a hole in your ear. 
So I had to get all that cleaned out. And the guy was like, Hey, like you didn't have to, uh, you didn't have to, to drive. Like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, when you have a, when you have a hole in your ear, there can't be any pressure. There's a hole. He's like, most of the pilots that have, um, that have that kind of problem and have those head problems. He's like, they will get tubes stuck in their ear and purposely puncture their ear, their eardrums. So they don't have any pressure in their ears. Well, so I just drove eight, eight hours to Seattle for no reason. That's beautiful. Um, yeah. by the way, I think your, your team, whenever you decide to turn professional, we might want to keep you in a padded room. Sound oh, it's bad. Yeah. I'm just, just, yeah. Be careful. It's, it's injury awaiting to happen. Yeah. You make money on the yeah, course, you, not jumping off cliffs. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You're going to need a handler of or, some sort or when uh, you get out there. Sneaky pulling my shoulder, throwing balls at a clown at Dave and Buster's. Yeah. Either that or, yeah. Both of those. Yeah. That can happen. It's <laughs> incredible. Typical golf injury. Uh-huh. Yeah, right before the semis. Yep. All right, my next one here. I know you play a lot out of Greystone, so I'll give you a chance to bag on some of the pros out there. You're 30 and two, from what I read, in match play as an amateur. Which pro at Greystone do you think you have the best match play record against? It would add to that total. That I could beat, or that I could, or that would be cool yeah. to add to that. That they would be cool. No, to that add you've to just that. been beaten. I know you've been playing with them for a while. Just, just one that you've been beaten up on for a while, or feel like you have beaten up on. I don't know if I can call anybody out. Um, honestly, just the way he's been playing, um, I'd, I'd love to play against Sepp. Um, you know, he's obviously he's shown that he's one of the best players in the world right now. Um, it's been really cool knowing him, you know, Corn Ferry years to, you know, win in tour events, contending in majors. And um, it's helped me a lot growing up, honestly, um, you know, growing up 13, 14 and, and you know, watching that and, you um, it's cool for me, you, you know, you shoot 68 and you get beat by four by those guys. And it's like, okay, like, you know, I got to get better. And you, you get to watch them, how good they are with certain clubs, how they navigate around a golf course. And, um, you know, I think it's a different mindset of, um, you know, that versus going out and playing with your buddies and you shoot 68 and you win by four, you don't feel like you have to get any better. And it's something that um, I've worked on and I've thought about. It's like, man, if I can compete against these guys that are, you know, winning on tour, you know, your Lee Hodges and, guys like that then it, it's just given me that much more confidence playing against the guys that i'm that i'm currently competing against and um but yeah i'd, I'd probably have to say so he's been playing some very nice golf maybe playing for he a good. pair of squares i know tell me about it i need some squares oh my you right. hit bombs next bombs. next one you mentioned birmingham country club earlier what's the earliest you've ever woke up for a qualifying round at birmingham country club for the team hmm. Team qualifying Birmingham Country Club. What's the earliest you ever got up? Five fifteen. Don't lie to was, me. This is the trust tree on this podcast. Five fifteen, uh, or maybe five. There was um, no three a.m. wake up call for maybe a little another sport activity before the qualifying round. What are you thinking about? Oh boy, three a.m. wake up call. Heard you, you had to get some, to I heard you had to get some fishing in before a nine a.m. qualifying time. I did. You're Ooh. right. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> I did. You're right. So we, we were, it was Shoal Creek, actually. It was oh, Shoal. Okay. It was Shoal. We were playing Shoal, and one of my buddies is a big fisher. He's a professional fisherman. Um, and he fished on a lake, or it's a river up in North Alabama. And whenever I get a text, he's like, hey, man, like top water's hitting right now. I'm like, all right, I'm coming. So I got up. At, I think it was actually earlier than that. I think I got up like 245 to, eh, it's probably three o'clock. Drove two hours up to Huntsville, fished for five hours, drove all the way back, got in at like one thirty to 2 o'clock, and then teed, teed it up at Shoal. Um, 
Yeah, that like I don't think Coach knows about that one. That was a, that was a, <laughs> sorry, Coach. <laughs> I heard he played good. To be fair, though, I did. I did. I think I did play pretty well. Uh, yeah. It was a fun day. We got to. Uh, um, I didn't do great. I caught a couple, and he caught the hell out of them. But um, that was a fun day. God damn, that's commitment to fishing. Elise is not I, getting up at three a.m. for anything. Nothing like oh, a top, nothing like a topwater bite. Nothing like it. Oh, tell me about it. Tell me about it. <laughs> All right, my last one. And I've been informed that you don't have a girlfriend, so you can answer this freely. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're correct on that. Okay, beautiful. All right, you get to invite one celebrity date to attend an Alabama football game, the Texas game with you, walk on to uh, 50-yard line with you this year. Who are you bringing? Anyone can be on your arm. You got a little wish list? <laughs> um, can she be married? She could be whoever you want. Yeah. She only can be married a little bit if she goes at center field. She goes at for the yard line with you. Center field. Kind of jealous. <laughs> kind of jealous of DJ. Not gonna lie. Um, oh, oh, yeah, Paulina, hello. Yeah, I'm, I probably have to say her. Oh wow! Wait. And your golf game is like his. <laughs> Holy, yeah, he's DJ, got stress DJ right now. Yeah, yeah. Probably, probably her. Oh wow! <laughs> Out with the old, in with the new. Paulina, <laughs> she listens to this. I'm pretty sure Paulina listens to this show. Uh, oh, that's great. Expect the call. All right, last one. You know, we always we st- pretty much you've always been taught growing up: return whatever you have better than when you found it. You know, people talk about leaving the game of golf better than when they found it. Well, you just recently won the Havermeyer Trophy. Do you think if you had to return it right now, you'd return it better than you found it? <laughs> you heard about that too. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, um, yeah, it was funny. I <laughs> I just took it in to, to see Coach Saban, and, and the top fell off. Forgot to tell him. Um, it took us four hours to break it. Um, there is apparently a, a newly added. Um, I don't know, Colt. Did they have a? It's a. It's a wire connecting the the middle of the trophy to the top to keep the top from falling off. I don't know if that was. No, nope. uh, I might have uh, so, something to do with that though. <laughs> so. Um, so they added this wire that goes all the way through the top and there's like a screw on the top that you can kind of screw it on. And, uh, so this metal wire is, I welded or whatever to the bottom. And, you know, when you're trying to drink something out of it, there's like a, there's a wire sticking out. It's kind of a poking hazard. Um, so you kind of move that out of the way and yeah, we snapped it off. Now the top just falls off yeah, again. It happens. They'll fix it. It's no big yeah, deal. It's yours. It yeah, it's yours. You can do whatever you want. I think, I think you should take it. You should take it to Chipotle and have them put your bowl in it. It's not a terrible idea. Get a little... There's no yeah. telling what's been inside of that thing. Well, I fill can... it with guac. I have I have a little bit of an idea. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Fill it with queso and yeah. Yeah. Awesome, Nick. Well, man, yeah. we really appreciate you coming on. Congratulations on winning the US Amateur. Best of luck over at St. Andrews at the Walker Cup. I uh, really enjoyed sitting down with you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. It's uh it's been cool to kind of watch your podcast and, and, to, and to finally talk to you. I appreciate it. You got it, man. Congrats. Appreciate again. you, man. Yeah. Keep up the good work. All right, well, that was the USAM champ, Nick Dunlap, joining us here on Subpar. Uh, how is he 19 years old? He talks like he's 35. He's got the body of a Greek god. Um, it's not really fair. I don't like it. I like him. I just don't think I, I got dealt a bad hand. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's tough. That's, uh, that's that 2-6 two, two off suit. Uh, he appears to be very good at golf from what I watched. I was very, very impressed with him. Not only that start that we got into, Colt, like five over through seven, dude, at the AM, you figure it's going to take around par. Like, that's not an easy place, those two golf courses, to go make that up. The fact that he did it, and then it's like, all right, pressure, not pressure's off, but all right, I made it. There's a little sigh of relief. First round, Gordon Sargent, you know, your, your home state, like, rival, number one guy in the amateur rankings. It was a hell of a run for him through that thing. And also, like, 
you could feel it just just watching it on TV. Like, you know, he mentioned he played the Colorado uh, native, the kid from Colorado State earlier in there. All the fans obviously rooting for the Colorado guy. In the championship match watching it too, it just felt like, you know, Shipley had like more people kind of on his side throughout that thing. He was kind of like the, I want to say he was the underdog because he's one of the best players in the country. But like fan-wise, it felt like, you know, a lot of people were on the other side the whole time. It was yeah. a, And he was just rock solid that whole week. He played unbelievable. He's over at the Walker Cup this week at St. Andrews. Can't wait to watch Team USA over there. Uh, he'll be teeing it up at the Masters in April if he possibly wins. Sounds like Chipotle will be catering the Champions Dinner. Kind of love that. Interesting. I mean, how it, rice, chicken, and cheese? Like, what are we doing? I respect. Make, I would hate on it. In there. I would hate on it. But in college, I ate Chipotle minimum three nights a week. Yeah, but you maybe, at least put stuff four. on it. Yeah, I do have some stuff on it. It's an actual burrito with some shit on it. But uh, the kid, you know, he likes what he wants. You know, another thing he likes. Paulina. So uh, look out, DJ. Uh, there's a new young buck on the scent. On the scent. Okay, on the perfect. scent. That's what bucks do. I, I think they sniff. Uh, yeah, I don't oh, really know. I'm great. not a big animal guy. I don't really know. But I cannot wait to see you know what the future holds for Nick Dunlap. Everybody just raves about his talent. He's a big kid. His coach, J.C. Will, told me he's got another 15, 20 pounds of muscle to add on. Like Good. He's going to still continue to fill out, and so he's going to hit it even longer, which is terrifying. But uh, this could be a superstar in the making. Cannot wait to see um, what he does. I mean, he could be on the PGA Tour very quickly with these accelerated, accelerated points in the yeah. PGA Tour. You So awesome, man. Really fun to sit down with him. Um, and best of luck to him and Team USA over at the Walker Cup in St. Andrews. And everybody, enjoy football season. Get a little break from golf. Can't wait. This is what my friend Pete calls a no-touch week. So these for me, my feet are not going to touch the ground. Goddamn, Just- that's a hell of a goal, dude. That's a hell of a goal, and I love that. I'm going to start implementing that. All right. Well, you enjoy Pine Valley. Don't embarrass us. Have a right. have some turtle soup and enjoy. Go low. Tell everybody up there hello. And uh, that's going to do it for us. We'll talk to you on next week's Subpar. <laughs>